Hello there, and welcome to the Gorporium. Oh, it's you again. Back for more. I suppose you know by now we are the premier one-stop shop for the good, the bad, and the gory. Quickly, shut the door behind you. You're letting the cold in, and honestly, who knows what else. Lock it behind you for good measure, will you? I think I saw the janitor lurking around out there. What's your name again? Wow, (laughs) what were your parents thinking? I'm Lily, in case you've forgotten. And unfortunately, I'm still Bella. And we're just two gore whores who made voodoo dolls of each other and now live in constant fear. And, as I'm sure you're aware, we're currently working through several boxes of movies and trying to decide where their place in our shop lies. We are desperately trying to keep the ecosystem happy here. It's not an easy job, but it's in all our best interests. Which means we actually have to watch each movie individually. You just can't be too careful. And we just finished watching the horror anthology Trick or Treat. Have you seen it before? It's the perfect Halloween horror. If you somehow missed out on it, never fear. It'll be a while before the janitor clears off and it's safe to open the door. I hope you like spoilers. And little monsters with pumpkin heads. Lily, you were right about the janitor. He's smiling. Shit. It's best not to look at him. Just don't unlock the door and everything will be fine. Uh, I think our guest needs a distraction. So do I. Let's begin. What were we talking about before this one showed up? Oh, yeah, of course. What have you been up to this week? Well, this week... Because, I mean, the thing is, I live at the Gorporium with you, but I do have housemates as well. Mm. Um, well yes, we could call them that. But uh, my housemate made me a wonderful cake, which was very delicious, and I've been eating that all week. Um, other than that, I've been... Going on nice walks. I actually escaped the Gorporium for a little bit because it was just doing my head in. There was just too many... I don't know, there's been a couple dead rats hanging around. I think some sort of large creature is bringing them to me as gifts. So I went on a nice walk and I saw lots of lovely poisonous fungi. Oh. Did you pick any up for your collection? I took a couple. But, you know, you have to be careful with those sort of things. You can't let them touch your hand because it will burn right through your skin. Yeah, that's... uh plants are not my thing at all <laughs> right um what, what about you mate? well i want to say it's very talented that one of your roommates managed to bake a cake and that it's probably one of them who's been bringing you rats as a treat so you should keep an eye out for uh, blood around their mouths mm. on my end well i managed to revive my peace lily which is my solitary plant that i own other than arthur the succulent not arthur the succulent I'm so sorry for your continuing loss and mourning. Well, you know, it's uh, Red Dead Redemption lives on in my succulent, so it's fine. But I revived my peace lily from certain death and it even has some new shoots. So I... uh... I thought you said new shoes. And I was like, that's nice. (laughs) He bought him some shoes. He's like a triffid. Like, he's just like, he's just like... (laughs) trundling about the Gorporium in some little like fucking new sneakers fresh crepes this peace lily is fucking high maintenance just like this lily Um, so i bought it i bought it some uh louboutins 
And oh, oh, it see. Is. oh, so she's extra fancy. Yeah, she's got them them red soles on. I was just thinking of like some like I don't know Nike <laughs> shoes or something, and that was quite funny to <laughs> some me. But Adidas. <laughs> the image of like a big ste- like green stem just like jammed into some Louboutins is also very good aesthetic, and I'm I'm really excited to meet her later today. Yeah, she's she's looking sexy. She's in the uh, greenhouse with all your poisonous plants, so I hope they're treating her nice. I'm sure they're yeah, not. I'm sure they are. They're nice. No, 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 they're nice. They're nice. Don't be rude to my plants. They're nice boys. They better not be bullying her. My Venus flytrap is lovely. Don't be fucking rude. <laughs> What's her name? <laughs> um. <laughs> the Venus flytrap? Sorry? Was that the Venus flytrap? <laughs> Venus, what's the Venus flytrap's name? Um, her name is Chiquita <laughs> Banana. <laughs> oh. Her name is oh. Chiquita Banana because my mother was telling me about um, some adverts <laughs> from the 70s and 80s for a banana brand called Chiquita Banana. And it turns out there's a uh-huh. real woman named Chiquita Banana who's like a beauty queen in like South America somewhere. And just the, the yes. concept of the name Chiquita Banana made me laugh so much that that's the name of my Venus flytrap. Perfect name. Gorgeous. Yeah, I think so. Other things I've been up to this week as I shaved my head again, that the mullet is defeated. Rest in peace. R.I.P. mullet, but I am feeling very aerodynamic and fresh The to Lost death. Boys would be displeased to hear this information. <laughs> they, they However, would. Sinead O'Connor would be over the moon. You know, it's funny that you say Sinead O'Connor because my first reference was going to be Nosferatu, but um, I'll take Sinead <laughs> <laughs> instead of Nosferatu. <laughs> I wasn't going to be mean and call you Nosferatu or the Baron from what we do in the shadows, but those are two mm. comparable looks for you yeah any kind of very frightening vampire who has like pointy ears and a bald head is really the energy that i give off yeah especially as i unintentionally hold my hands like a t-rex like limp wrist (laughs) tie up hands but it kind of looks like i'm prowling around so i i literally creep around the gorporium like hands oh my god my neck bold oh my god back that's so hobbling around (laughs) that's so funny to me why huh why do you hold your hands like that what are you doing it's just comfortable i think ah fair enough I also got a Halloween manicure, so I'm not all goblin. Although long I don't know, that's pretty goblin e. Yeah, long fingernails actually make me like more like an old timey vampire, so eh. Yeah, they always have long fingernails. Yeah, I didn't actually help myself with that. No, you really didn't. You tried to you tried to escape it, but I don't think you can at this point. I think that's just who you are. I think you just are Nosferatu. Yeah, that might be the case. Not even like a cool, sexy vampire like Lady Gaga. <laughs> and now I will Aww. not be taking questions. <laughs> also, our uh, our shop gremlin, Gizmo, got a bad tummy bug and acted like he was crawling away to die, which was extremely oh. dramatic. And oh, we, Gizmo. He had to be taken to a vet in a local town. They'd never seen a gremlin before, but they were extremely helpful nonetheless. Um, oh, I think they nice. thought he was a large horse in a dog costume (laughs) oh i see 
Well, actually, I'd say rather a small horse in a dog costume, if anything. <laughs> I don't know if you know how big horses are, Lily, but they're pretty big. They are. They're As they go. Gizmo. Okay, small horse in a dog costume. Yeah. They thought he was dressed up for Halloween, so they, they treated him without question. Like a really good, well-fitting spandex dog costume. Yeah, yeah, high High quality. Skin tight. I also continued my research of 80s, well, not 80s horror, but horror as a genre and I watched Horror Noir uh, which is a history of black horror essentially. Oh very cool what's that on? That is on Shudder Oh again not sponsored not sponsored. No but has lots of famous people like Jordan Peele, Tony Todd, Keith oh, David, cool. Rachel True in it. So that is definitely, definitely worth a watch and it goes all the way back to like the 30s and 40s all the way to now so yeah very cool so before we head into the synopsis i thought we best go into our tagline and poster segment my favorite segment i'm a little visual whore and i like looking at fun art yeah so (laughs) we like to discuss the the marketing prowess of the movie at hand (gasps) bella what have you seen speaking of posters have you seen the new texas chainsaw massacre reboot poster what no is there another is there like a new new one? Oh, bitch it's coming oh. out 2021 oh. right hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah i'm gonna look at it i'm gonna look at it yeah quickly hop onto the gorporium twitter uh-huh. which everyone should go to which is just gorporium on twitter and scroll down a little bit and check out the texas chainsaw massacre poster because it is one of my favorite horror movie posters that i have seen in a very very Whoa. long time it is gorgeous let me see it let me see it Oh, found it, found it, found it. Poster. Ooh. Ah, that is a a nice poster. I like how I literally did a... Ooh. Ah. Like I'm looking at fireworks. That is cool as fuck. (laughs) That's so good. It's so good. I'm really excited about this. Right, well, let's now discuss... That's a uh, good poster. Let's now discuss this poster. Okay, let's go. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to give you the first tagline, which is sort of the main one, the, yeah. the prominent one. Poison, drowning, claw or knife. So many ways to take a life. It's very, it's, it's very Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Like with I can... the rhyming scheme. I quite like it. Like, I like that it's like a poem. I think that's quite interesting. Yeah. I like the way it sounds. Like, it sounds mysterious and spooky. And I also like that it obviously is references different kills in the movie that we'll obviously get to in a bit. But, um, mm-hmm. like, it specifically, like, name drops different styles of murder in the movie. Yes. But I will say it doesn't scream Halloween to me. 
It doesn't even scream this movie because if you hadn't seen this movie, or even if you have, if you told me this tagline, I wouldn't immediately go, oh, that's trick or treat. No. I would just be like, hmm. Mm. I would think Nightmare on Elm Street. I definitely be think Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, it goes with the whole like uh, rhyming couplets sort of thing. And also it's kind of a mouthful. It It's not a quick, snappy no. type of tagline, but it's it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. I have two in store that are worse than this, so... Okay, uh, I'm intrigued. Right, let's do this one. If you don't follow the rules tonight, you won't live to see tomorrow. Okay. No. Don't don't (laughs) like it. Too vague. Too vague. No, no, no. It's very vague. I... After watching this, yeah. I don't know what rules they're fucking talking no, about. No, there's it's what like rules? it would make sense if there was very clear rules that are set out in it's the like, movie. Like I'm trying to think don't of an example. Blow out a jack o' lantern. Yeah, don't be mean to pumpkins. Don't murder. But those are two very very different sides of the morality spectrum. Yeah, it has nothing on like you know the scream rules or anything like that. Yeah, okay, yeah, there you go. That I was trying to think of something that Bible. has like set rules that like they they go detail like they detail the rules yeah. of. So like Randy and Scream saying like, okay, you can't exactly. have sex, you can't get naked, you can't get drunk, you can't say you're going out somewhere alone and you'll be right back. You can't go. Yeah, don't say like, you'll be right back. Yeah, all of that stuff that would make sense if it was like don't if you don't follow the rules just like you won't make it out to see tomorrow whatever this but it doesn't really make sense with this movie at all yeah the the rules in this are very much just like don't blow out the candle in a jack-o'-lantern and don't take candy from strangers i guess but i don't know it just it doesn't work it just it doesn't rhyme it's not no it's not that punchy pretty rubbish it's pretty it's not my favorite right what's the third one okay this is sort of my favorite and very much my least favorite. Like, it's okay, the worst intrigued. one, but it, it makes me laugh. You better watch out. I'm telling you why. Sam is coming to town. <sighs> so Sam is the slasher, killer, little creature in this, this movie. So uh, you better watch out. I'm telling you why. Sam is coming to town. I won't lie. I don't like it. Why? 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 Is it Christmas themed? You've missed the holiday entirely. <laughs> you better watch out. 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 I, why is it? Why is it Christmas themed? Like the I whole point is this fucking movie is that it's Halloween. And there's only like Christmas time. Yeah, like that would work pretty well for a Christmas horror movie. For this, not so hot. I I don't get it. It just seems sort of ridiculous. Yeah, I don't understand why they went for a Christmas theme. It's not my favorite. It's not the finest work. My favorite of the three is probably then the poison drowning claw or knife. So many ways to take a life because at least that is particularly yeah, to do with the movie, and I like that it's a little rhyme. But I still don't think it screams like Halloweeny, spooky times to me. No, it none of them are great, but the 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 first one is the best one. Right, let's take a look at this poster then, and uh, you give me your thoughts first, and I shall uh, follow up. Okay, I mean, look, the character design of Sam 
the little pumpkin boy, is absolutely adorable. I love him. He's one of my favourite, like, absolutely creatures. And he is just so cute in his little, like, footy pyjamas and his little sack head and his little uh, lollipop knife blade thing. Mm-hmm. I think he is really cute and I think the style that they've done him in is lovely like it can I think it's either digitally or hand painted I can't quite tell and I like the lighting as well that's kind of the extent of it like I don't love the title like font no no I I think the color grading is gorgeous and again I agree that the way Sam is digitalized or rendered or what have you is lovely and Hmm. it's quite impactful but it is quite sparse a little bit empty i could overlook it you know you present me with a couple of posters i would glance past this one yeah the font is basically nothing i guess because this film relies so heavily on comic book pulpy influences that it feels like a shame to have such a boring poster. Yeah, I would want that's a good a bit point. More interesting. I really wish they had leaned much more heavily into that comic book style that yes. is so prevalent and so like pervasive throughout the whole movie. I don't know why they didn't go with something like that. I want something that references all of the segments more rather mm-hmm. than just Sam. And I know Sam is kind of the star, but he's also a pretty subtle star. I yeah, understand like he's when not, we get into the synopsis. He's a star, but, but he's not a protagonist, you know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. in it the whole time, but he's not the protagonist by any means. I would like to see something a bit more comic booky or, like, 1980s-style hand-painted collage style if that yeah. makes sense you know where yeah. it's a big group of things going on and there's a lot of layers and depth to it it's almost overtly simplistic and it just ends up a little bit boring and honestly it's forgettable i watched this movie and i couldn't i couldn't tell you what i the couldn't remember what is. the poster was no whereas I agree with you. even with chopping mall whilst i didn't like the <laughs> chopping mall poster very much it's at least i remember what it looks like yeah yeah i remember what it looks like i won't remember this poster in 20 minutes you know no no i i'm totally agreeing with you on that it's like fine it's nice it's nice halloweeny colors but it's not anything particularly special it's just not a great poster and the taglines aren't that great either no but i have to say this is one of the last negative things i will say about this movie oh so. yeah we'll we're gonna say lots of nice so, things so shall we get into it yeah all right let's do it this is the one night and all sorts of things Room free. Trick or Treat is a 2007 horror anthology movie written and directed by Michael Doherty. Due to the complex, non-linear storytelling of this movie, we are telling it not exactly scene for scene, but by grouping all the pieces of the four stories together into easily retold segments. So let's start with the intro. We meet a couple who have returned home after partying together on Halloween. Their names are Emma and Henry. She is dressed as a robot and he is dressed as a knight. His costume sucks, but her costume rocks. <laughs> she then blows out the jack-o'-lantern out the front of their house, even though Henry warns her not to. 
She doesn't care, though, because she hates Halloween and just wants it to be over and she begins to pull down decorations, which is an interesting point. If she hates Halloween so fucking much, why is her house covered in, like, three hundred dollars of decorations like that's so many decorations also i really want a new version of this movie but instead of having many (laughs) decorations they just have that 20 foot skeleton from target yeah no it's from home depot home depot the home depot giant skeleton i'm in love with him he's so huge did you see that someone used it as like a puppet on the beach (gasps) what how do you mean used it as a puppet they got like a crane and <gasps> puppeted him, which is Oh excellent. my god, that's so cool. I love him. <laughs> Anyways. But why did she get dressed up? Why did she go to this party? What's wrong with her? Why does she hate Halloween? I just, I don't get her vibe. I don't get, I don't get her whole like deal at all. Like she could have not put any effort into her costume either. She could have just put on cat ears and called it a fucking yeah, day. Whatever. That that's what people do usually. Even people who yeah. like Halloween do that, but she specifically hates it. Yeah, she's made a handmade, hand painted costume, so I don't know. She must like it a little bit. <laughs> I think she does. I mean, I think she states in the movie that the reason that she's taking it down particularly early is because her grandmother is coming over the next day uh, in the morning. Mother, and yes. that, uh, her mum. And she'll have, I quote, a heart attack if she sees all this. Why would she have uh, who, a heart attack? It's Halloween. Who is your mother? Is she some sort of evangelical christian is she like a mormon is, like yeah is she like a escapist like from a cult like i don't <laughs> yeah. i'm confused what's her problem i don't know man but anyway right. her man henry is useless and horny and he also played gadriel slash ezekiel in supernatural the worst. so i'm i'm immediately biased against him if anyone's watched supernatural you will know why we hate this man hate him she basically just tells him to Go watch porn and wait for her while she takes down all the decorations. So he's spoiled as fuck and he goes upstairs and watches porn on VHS in 2007. Yeah, like in a VCR. But like, yeah, it's not set back in the day. Like it was set no. in 2007 when it came out. Why would he have porn on a on a tape? Right. And it's labeled nature special and he just loves it. Like, is he 14? Is this the know. 80s? I don't understand. I'm confused by him and their relationship. Mm. Anyway, (laughs) as she's taking down the decor, she is starting to get more and more spooked. There is someone across the road with a bloody mask on who fortunately just turns out to be a teenager waiting for a lift, but she's getting a little spooky on. She starts pulling the sheets off of these DIY ghosts in the front yard who are, you know, made of wood with a little, like, head made of wrapped up fabric and then a big sheet draped over them it's pretty cool i might think of doing that for my yard next year and then she pulls down one and some tiny little beast that we can't see jumps on her and attacks it proceeds to slash her up with some sort of lollipop blade and bloodies her up and leaves her bloody and tangled in a sheet and then drags her away When Henry finally wakes up from his sort of pornography stupor, he goes to look for Emma in the front yard and he spots some limbs hanging from the tree, but seemingly thinks they're just decoration because they do have plastic limbs hanging from the tree. They do, yeah. Like we see Emma bump into one earlier. Yeah. But this one, this particular hand that he looks at has a wedding ring on. Also, it's wet. Yeah. 
And then one of the sheet ghosts lights up. He hesitantly approaches and removes the sheet, revealing the remainder of Emma's bloody corpse wrapped up in lights with the same sharpened lollipop blade shoved into her mouth. Okay. <laughs> Yucky. Uh, that is a scene that has haunted me since my youth, honestly. Yep. Again, this is like, I don't know if I've already mentioned this, but this is like one of the first horror movies I ever watched. I was like 12 and like this was the first like scene that had any sort of gore really in it that I'd ever seen yeah. other than like maybe Jurassic Park. I remember you mentioning to me that you were very disturbed after scarred. watching this one at a sleepover. Yeah, very scarred by it. I also watched this one at a sleepover and I remember being very disturbed by the next mm. by the next segment. My favourite. So, we are introduced to a greedy, bratty, Augustus Gloop type of character by the name of Charlie. And I hate this kid right from the off. He just has like an annoying vibe to him. And he's going around smashing people's jack-o'-lanterns, just being a general nuisance. And he approaches a house that has a bowl of candy outside which says, Take one each. Charlie being the little shit that he he's is. He's not gonna, is he? No. He's he a horrible little boy. Handfuls. And whilst he's doing this, he is confronted by the house owner who has returned home, whose name is Stephen Wilkins, who is Charlie's principal. Stephen has a menacing vibe for sure. He's got polite vibes, but seriously creepy. And he doesn't even seem that mad at Charlie and sits with him on the porch, begins to carve a pumpkin with a very large knife, and lectures Charlie about respecting the rules and traditions of Halloween. Also, I'm just saying, you do not carve a pumpkin with a knife. You no. use a little serrated saw because... Yeah, he's doing it very like, aggressively. It's not gonna work. It's just not gonna happen. You have to saw at it. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. And Charlie's munching away on chocolate and he looks a little unnerved, but doesn't seem to have a desire to leave. I guess because he's being lectured by his principal, he feels like he has to set it out. Yeah. And then Charlie begins to burp and gag and retch and finally vomits pools upon pools of blood and chocolate. Ew. It's so much blood and chocolate that I'm like, how much does he fucking eat? eaten a lot to be honest. clearly he's been going all Jesus night Christ. all night long baby and this death is so so foul that i had to mute it because i was actually gagging it's it, so nasty like, like i don't i'm not someone who has like a fear Ugh. of vomiting like a metaphobia no, or whatever not so at warning all. for those people um <laughs> but um i yeah, this scene always makes me really, really nauseous for like yeah for I was Ooh. about to say for no good reason, but for perfectly good reason. It's disgusting. It's so it's, it's so, so visceral. Yeah, I hate it. Gross. No, it. I had to. I had to mute it. And when I put on rewatching this movie, I actually skipped forward, which I never do in horror movies. I could not stomach this scene. Yeah. So Wilkins tells Charlie that you should always check your candy. And he mentions that this lot of candy was particularly spiked with cyanide. 
And very as nice. Charlie continues to vomit and fades away, he then drags the dying Charlie into <laughs> he his fades home. away. He fades away. For some reason, when the door rings, he answers it despite being partway through a murder. I suppose it has something to do with his reverence for the rules of the holiday. But the kids who answer the door don't seem to want candy. They just want jack-o'-lanterns. And that comes into it in a later section. And they otherwise don't seem too suspicious of their bloody principal, except for one kid who gives them quite a funny look. He hands Candy over to them at a jack-o'-lantern, and then Wilkins hands Candy over to a fourth child who we don't notice at first, a tiny boy in a sort of scarecrow hessian sack costume made up of- Ooh, hessian? How would you say it? I'm afraid. I think it's hessian. Okay, hessian. Sack (laughs) made up of an orange outfit and a big round sack head with little button eyes. He's actually very cute. He accepts some candy and then walks away, dragging his sack along in the dirt. And I swear as he goes down the steps, I hear a cat yowling from within it. Though I may have been tripping. He just wants a friend. Wants a Halloween (laughs) friend. As Principal Wilkins is attempting to bury Charlie in his backyard, and seemingly some other people too, the the grave seems fairly full up, uh, in a big grave in his backyard, he keeps getting interrupted. First by his son Billy, who keeps wanting to go to the parade in town and keeps hollering out of the window. And then he gets interrupted by his elderly neighbor, Mr. Krieg's dog Spike, who sticks his head under the fence and barks, barks, barks away. It's at this point that we realize Charlie isn't quite dead in the grave and Principal Wilkins continues to try and finish him off with his shovel. This bit is the bit that really upsets me. Like The vomiting is really nasty, but um, the chopping. The bludgeoning of a child. with a large shovel like whilst he's trapped in a sack and he just keeps trying to like chop him up is so revolting to me i hate it (sighs) listen i'm not a fan of charlie but this is a brutal way to go yeah you can't that's not right ain't right at all and in order to distract spike the dog he chops off one of charlie's fingers and throws it over the fence He doesn't manage to distract the dog in time and Mr. Krieg comes out to investigate. He peers through a hole in the fence at the bloody Principal Wilkins, who is neck deep in a grave. He jokes about him burying bodies and it's smelling like a dead whore out here. To which Wilkins replies that the sewage system is acting up and that is why he is deep in the ground late at night. For some reason, Mr. Krieg seems content with this, although I personally wouldn't be because it is a perfectly cut, uh, you know, rectangular six foot grave and there is screaming going on. I'm not like surely with a sewerage system like that, like a septic tank, right? Yes. It would have easier access to it than having to dig a huge hole in the ground. Also, why do they have a septic tank? Are they not connected to the general sewer system of the rest of the houses? I don't know how American sewer systems work, but the whole thing seems weird. The, I would, I be, would be suspicious. I would be suspicious. I'd be like, sure. all right, mate, I'm going inside to call the police. Oh yeah, immediately. He's also covered in blood by this point. And yeah, I know it's Halloween, but that blood is chunky. It's nasty looking. Yeah. Anyway, Mr. Krieg seems content with this and wanders back inside and Wilkins finally finishes off Charlie with the shuffle. As Principal Wilkins is heading back inside, he hears yelling from next door and looks over to Mr. Krieg's house to see him hammering away on the window for help. 
Wilkins being, you know, the proper psycho serial killer that he is, of course, does not help this old man. Yeah, who's being attacked. <laughs> yeah, and as he goes about his way into his house, he mutters to himself about his son asking where his dead mother is. Daddy, why isn't mommy still alive? Kind of thing. And we have to assume, really, that he's killed his wife. Yeah, yeah, I'd assume so. He also mentions he's got a date to get to, which is important for a later segment. Anyway, back inside, Billy jumps out and begs him, begs him to let him carve the jack-o'-lantern. So, Principal Wilkins takes Billy into the basement to carve and approaches his teeny little son from behind with a knife, the big knife he was carving a pumpkin with earlier, which he raises, drops down, and then pulls away bloody. So poor little Billy has met his demise. Except the camera pans and the jack-o'-lantern is revealed to be Charlie's decapitated head, which Principal Wilkins and Billy are going to carve up together. And Billy asks if he can carve the eyes this year. So he is a little serial killer in training under the guidance Uh-oh. of his big dad serial killer. Big so it dad. is all bad news. Big dad. He's quite a big small dad. dad as they go, actually. <laughs> as far as dads dad. go, he's quite a small <laughs> he's dad. He's not a big dad. <laughs> I I uh, just want to know what they do with the head afterwards, because you can't display that shit. No, do they just keep them in the basement? And clearly this is something that's been going on for a couple of years. Yeah, several so I just, years. I don't know. I want to know confused. how Principal how is he getting away with this? is getting away with this, because he's yeah. not subtle. He's not he's subtle. He's really like, bad about it. Like, my he's God. He's got lots of neighbours. He's in a close squished together you know suburban neighborhood so if lots of little kids are going missing or my kid was coming home poisoned with cyanide candy because i'm sure some of them don't end up in his pit because he's yeah no because they probably go home and then eat their candy later you know my kid comes home they take a bite of chocolate or i take a bite of chocolate and it tastes poison like or bad or whatever I'm going to be like, who gave this to you? And it's just going to immediately... Surely it'll come back to him. Principal Wilkins. He must have some shit in place to get away with this. Or maybe this is the Halloween he decides to just give it all up. He's like, I'm a bad man. But he doesn't seem like that kind of person where he's resentful. He's just like, I'm evil. That's it. No. Well, the the thing as well, like, okay, yeah, so some kids might go home with the candy. But also, like, that means at least one child has literally just disappeared this year. Like, Charlie will have gone missing. He is dead. Like, he is gone missing. The police are going to make a big fucking palaver about that. Big big hoopla, big shenanigan. A white child goes missing in a suburban neighborhood on Halloween. That shit's all over the place. That's on CNN, baby. Oh my god, yeah, that's a nightmare. You don't want... It's bad. How has he not been caught? Anyways, (laughs) right. No clue. It's time for your segment. My turn, my turn, my turn. Um, Okay, this is the first time I've actually seen all the children's names in this segment, so that's interesting. (laughs) Okay. I wrote them down for you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Okay, so this segment Lily has affectionately called Be Kind to Witches, which is a, <laughs> a rule of, of Halloween. Not even just in this yeah. movie, just did, generally. Did give, Be nice to did the witches. I give my title for the last one? Which is, yeah, it's also I think a rule. So. My, mine was Check Your Candy. So, yeah, Check Your check Candy, Be Kind to Witches. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 
Right, you remember Lily mentioned that three small children knocked on Principal Wilkins' door because they wanted a jack-o'-lantern from him. Well, da-da-da, they've returned and their names are Macy, Chip and Sarah, which are ridiculous names, except for Sarah. Macy and so Chip. American. Fuck so off. American. What is this, a JC Penny catalogue? Fuck off. Um, <laughs> Macy is dressed as an angel. Child models for Old Navy. And literally, that's exactly the vibes that she gives off specifically. She's like, uh, actually, I was a model. I'm actually a model. And like, she's just like the worst, most annoying girl in school. She is dressed as an angel and seems to be like the group's sort of like leader, I would say. Yeah. They, they've they managed to collect a couple jack-o'-lanterns, but like not really enough for their, I don't know, for their weird intentions, clearly. Um, so they hit up the house of one of their teachers who was seemingly throwing some kind of like, oh, sexy teacher Halloween party, like a faculty party, um, which is really mm-hmm. weird. And she opens the door to them <laughs> and she's dressed in like a really sexy cat costume. I say really sexy. I don't find it sexy. It is supposed to be, I would assume, a revealing cat costume. Revealing is probably the right word. Yeah. Here. And she like shows them her butt and then is like, Do you want alcohol? And keep in mind these kids are like <laughs> oh, at God. maximum twelve years old. They're like preteens. So oh. questions. Many questions. We also see behind her, like in the her like living room at the party, one of their other teachers called Coach Taylor. No, that's important. In a hot dog costume, like grinding or like fake butt fucking a person dressed in a pig costume. So that's really fun. That's a fun addition. <laughs> imagine, imagine that being you seeing your teachers do that. It would blow <laughs> be, my that'd mind. That'd be awful. It reminds me of when my one of my old music teachers came and sang at um, our parents' open mic night, and he sang yeah, an Ian yeah. Dury song called "Wake Up and Make Love to Me," and it was the most. <laughs> it was awful. It was so awful. <laughs> oh. oh my god! It made me want to die. So the kids leave this weird party without a jack-o'-lantern. I don't think, or they may get one. I don't remember. Um, anyway, they meet up with a boy named Schrader. Schrader, Sh- Lord, Shredder? Americans just be naming their kids. They whatever, really just be putting be some vowels together. Put just shove it on there. Go fine. They go to this girl's house that is covered in beautifully carved jack lanterns, and we learn that the girl who lives there is named Rhonda, and the other kids describe her as as like weird or like creepy like they think that she's like some kind of spooky witch lady but she is specifically a savant though yeah okay so yeah Rhonda is specifically a savant which normally like refers to someone who uh, might be on the spectrum or potentially has some sort of learning disability but is extremely advanced in a specialized skill yes and only about one in 200 people who are on the autism spectrum have savant qualities. It's not an insult. Mm. It is just a specific set of traits that tend to that come can with happen. Yeah. neurodivergent people. Yeah, okay. So the boy Schrader kind of flirts with her because, I don't know, he thinks she's kind of cute. She's dressed as a little witch. Um, she's really sweet. She's I real love, sweet. Uh, she's I really sweet. Rhonda. I like her little shoes. Um, Shreya kind of flirts with her and uh, she agrees to give them some of her very beautifully carved jack-o'-lanterns and, and you know, participate in whatever activity they're up to this Halloween evening. Macy guides the others to a spooky 
spooky, scary, abandoned quarry. Never go to abandoned quarries. It's a very bad idea. They're oh, very, very God. deep. They're very dangerous. I've too many people drown in them every year. This is a public safety announcement. Don't go to abandoned quarries. Stop it. Stop it. Right. Macy leads him to a spooky abandoned quarry. Macy's also being like super really like weird and like overly serious about this whole deal. Piss me off from the get go. Honestly. (laughs) And she decides to tell them a story about a horrible bus crash that happened, I think, 30 years ago, where essentially there was a school specifically for special needs children, and there was a bus driver that took all eight of them every day back and forth from their houses to the school. One day, apparently um the the parents approach him and are like oh our children they're such a burden they're so hard to look after they're so such an embarrassment can you just like get rid of them and the bus driver is like yeah i can do that which is fucked um, none of these kids I don't, seem I know they describe them as disturbed children yeah, but like to make it more like oh then maybe they're little psychopaths so like even if they were psychopaths it no doesn't mean that they're gonna be like dangerous I don't get the whole anyways that is okay whatever we um, here at the Gorporium are psychopaths not children children <laughs> leave them alone leave the children alone I mean Lily I hate to say this but children can be psychopaths well, I'm sure they can, but I, I feel bad for these children anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's been paid by their parents, essentially, to get rid of them in some way. So he drives them one day, not to their school, but to this quarry. It's unclear exactly what he's going to do, but he's kept them locked up in their seats and he's giving them a piece of candy each. It's hard to say whether he's poisoning them with the candy or whether he's just going to like let the handbrake go and let it roll down the cliff. I'm not sure yeah, exactly not what sure. his plan was. But one of the kids is, has freaked out because obviously he knows it's a bad situation or that something has changed and he is not a hundred percent like vocal he can't vocalize stuff particularly well so he's just kind of freaking out instead of asking for help he's just like freaking out i don't think any of them can no potentially not and he goes down he breaks out of his chains he slips out and he goes down to the front of the bus whilst the driver is distracted accidentally drives the bus off a cliff all the children drown and the bus driver survives Okay, so we're back to modern day and Macy is like, oh, so we're going to light eight jack-o'-lanterns to leave as an offering for the eight children who passed away here for the eight lost souls. And these kids are like, huh, that sounds like fucking bullshit. And so Macy's like, yeah, you want to bet? You want to bet, you little bitch? Come with me. Let's go down the spooky elevator that takes him down to like the bottom of the quarry where it's all empty now because it's not water in this quarry particularly. It's pretty like pretty much dried out they go down this elevator macy sarah and schrader and they leave Rhonda and chip behind before sending the lift back up with the key um Rhonda and chip start making their way down with the rest of the jack-o'-lanterns um but they start hearing screams but obviously like because the elevator is a pretty old elevator they can't really turn back like it's already going down so there's not really much choice so they keep going down it's starting to get real foggy chip is not happy he's very scared but ronda is kind of like brave and she takes the she I goes off and Rhonda. leaves him with the ja- i know she's so she's sweet she's so cute i want her as like my daughter i just like watch this I know, like she's adorable I, ronda i want you at the gorporium we'll I look know. after you <laughs> 
Rhonda leaves him in there with the lit jack-o'-lanterns because she says they'll keep him safe. She ventures out to find the others. Unfortunately, three horrible, ghouly things with chains all around them, which seems odd considering they would have come out of quarry, start screaming and it, they tr- they rip Chip to shreds and we see all his guts get pulled out. And Rhonda obviously is horrified, as he would be. She starts yeah. running. She's she's screaming. She's running, and she accidentally she drops her glasses, and the ghouls step on them and crush them. And then she slips and hits Aww. her head. It turns out oh. that the three. <laughs> I know it's horrible. <laughs> it turns out that the three ghouls who are chasing her are actually Macy, Sarah, and Schrader, along with Chip, doing a horrible, horrible prank, which is incredibly cruel. Like. Even if this was your like best friend, oh, that would yeah, be cruel. But like, this is like a girl they don't level. even know. That's awful. Yeah, they, they just were like, let's let's get you some of your jack o' lanterns. We need them, and yeah. you can come along with us too. They were making it like it was horrible. Oh, you, we want you to hang out with us, and she was really excited. Yeah, she's excited she to have really some nice mean. friends. That's so mean. And the whole thing was geared towards humiliating <sighs> her, and then horrible. she ends up hurting herself. Yeah. Ugh. Well, so she hits it's her head, and then like Macy straight, like the rest of the kids who pranked her, like, oh fuck, I think we killed the bitch. Oh fuck. Luckily, Rhonda does wake up. Schrader tries to calm her down. It's like, oh, it's just a prank. It's just a prank. And Rhonda's like, I'm not fucking having this. So Schrader takes her back to the elevator and Rhonda sits in it. The rest of them are sort of fucking around and they're trying to, they're getting all the jack-o'-lanterns because their prank is over. The kind of night is all all ruined because they basically almost killed this girl. Macy's like, oh, fuck this, and dumps the last lit jack-o'-lantern into the lake. And she reveals that the story she told was actually true. Like, obviously, it sounded like she was just making it up for this prank, but it was true the whole time because we can see the bus, I think, in the background. And then she starts hearing some, like, horrible little, like, kid whispery voices. And she's like, hey, guys, what the fuck was that? And she starts freaking out because, as you would, you're hearing, like, you're getting the 4D experience of bog stink and boy voices not good you don't want that so she starts screaming the other kids are like "Uh uh-oh boys ghost ghosts in the quarry let's go the children have risen for real this time so it's no longer a prank these are some bog children little bog goblins they are horrible they are still wearing their halloween masks one of them question mark is just a head which is fun and he's real fast yeah, he's, just, he's little, little it's pretty impressive on the floor i like him uh one of them <laughs> has like one of them has some chains so actually they do have chains um yes, and it throws it like up a, on the bus so Oh, yeah, of course. And it throws it like a magical, like, lasso, lasso, and nabs Sarah, one of the kids, and she's got, got. Um, The others try and make (laughs) their way to the elevator where Rhonda's still sitting, uh, but she, by this point, has shut the door. And they're all like, Rhonda, please, I know we literally traumatized you to the point that you almost died, but can you just let us in? And I would let them in, 
because I have no backbone. I'm soft. I'm soft. I'm soft. I'm a and I also don't really want to live with the trauma of like letting a bunch of children be ripped apart by zombies. Like yes. we can hash it out if they're still alive. If they're not alive, we can't hash that shit out. I also that's fine. No, I still think I think Rhonda's valid, but uh, oh for sure, yeah. But I think um, Schrader wasn't a terrible person. No, I don't think so. Continue. So the door's shut and they beg her to open it, and she looks at it and she's like. Mm, maybe maybe i will and she like <laughs> she, she like so. holds the key in front of them um and then she like takes it to the lock and she's like maybe i'm gonna unlock it for you and then she just presses the up button and she just slowly arises to the top of the <laughs> elevator with all of her like lit jack-o'-lanterns and she's just like waving them goodbye and you hear them being like <laughs> torn up that's my impression that's a that's a good impression <laughs> been torn up to shreds by some bogs bog ghosts <laughs> unfortunate she reaches the top level she gets her little wagon puts all her jack-o'-lanterns on it and she begins to trudge her way home where she encounters the same little boy that principal wilkins handed candy to earlier the little boy in a sort of sack costume orange sack costume mm-hmm. who is an observer to this situation he's wandering around the quarry they seem to not necessarily know each other but they give each other like a nod of respect and she continues on her way home and that is the end of that segment right it is my turn to take over i'd also like to say that that little boy is called sam and i will be referring to him as that from now on it's never really revealed in the movie that he's called sam but his name is sam canonically we might as well say it Right, technically before this segment begins, there's a little middle bit. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of jumping around in this movie, but I would like to say this bit before I get into what I have affectionately called the horny howling. So it is the Halloween parade in Warren Valley, Ohio, and a girl and a guy who is dressed in a black cape and mask are making out in an alleyway at the parade. Except he starts to lick and bite her, and not in the sexy way. Like a, mmm, steak kind of way. It's very upsetting. Yeah, it's gross. And when she notices all the blood and his fangs, she runs for her life. But due to it being Halloween, no one really helps her, and in fact, she actually runs into Emma and Henry from the very intro, but they think she's just acting and drunk or whatever. The vampire then catches up to her, kills her, and leaves her bloody and dead on a bench next to some drunk people. Uh Uh-oh. Now we get into our main segment. So we start with a little boy in a bear costume who is just perving away on our main characters as they try on costumes in the changing room at this sort of little costume shop. They are discussing their sexual conquests, and this little boy's mother comes up and reprimands them, being like, there's children here, but honestly, like, lady, your kid was perving on them, so that seems like a you problem. It's also nighttime. It's nighttime, and these women yeah, are in go a purse, they're in cubicles. Like, they're not, like, out in the open. They're getting changed right? in cubicles in a costume shop. It's your fault for not looking after your kid. He's the one who shouldn't be perving. They're doing what they're supposed to. Yeah, it's clearly like at least 9pm. Take your kid home. Don't let him spy on naked women. If they're talking about who they want to fuck, let them. Let them. Whatever. Let them do it. It's fine. 
Anyway, the girls emerge and are dressed up as fairy tale characters. So Danielle is dressed as Cinderella, Maria is dressed as Snow White, Janet is dressed as Bo Peep, and finally Laurie is dressed as Little Red Riding Hood. She emerges last, and all of their costumes are super sexy, beautifully tailored, high quality. But for some reason, everyone makes fun of Laurie for her Red Riding Hood costume. It's my favorite. Like, it's such a beautiful costume. Like, it's oh, amazingly it's fitted to her. Like, it's so beautiful. <laughs> and But they're like, oh, you look like a little kid. Why? No, she doesn't. It's just a dress. And she's acting like she looks really awkward or stupid or whatever, but yeah. she looks amazing. She doesn't have full cleavage on display, but it's still an extremely sexy but still, outfit. still, like, beautiful. Yeah. They honestly didn't even try to make Anna Paquin dowdy. Like, no, it's so funny tried- to me. They're like, oh, look how dowdy and nerdy she looks, but she just looks so incredibly beautiful the whole movie. They could have given her, like, bad hair or thick glasses or one of the cliches, (laughs) but she just looks like a... Stereotypical. She just looks like a hot lady. (laughs) She just looks like a model. She looks amazing. She's got, like, dark, perfectly curled brown hair in this perfectly tailored, very mini skirt Red Riding Hood costume, so I have no idea. But anyway, these girls are immediately on the prowl for dick slash dates and Danielle who's dressed up as Cinderella picks up the checkout boy who can't seem to believe his luck and to be honest I do not blame him he is sort of just a dorky boy working his night shift and then Maria and Janet go and pick up two tech guys who are hanging out near a van who are working for the parade in general. They're really just going for anyone who doesn't look fully disgusting. Like, come on, ladies, you can aim higher than this. But they are really just picking up any man who is in the vicinity and seems single. Yeah. So Danielle, Maria and Janet get into the van with the van lads who then- Fen men. Men with fen. <laughs> fen men. Who are going to drive them to this campfire party in the woods, which seems to be the whole crux of their night. And Laurie stays behind to troll for dudes because she still hasn't found a date. It seems that Laurie might be a virgin because she really has no game. She's really picky about a guy she wants. Her first time is mentioned briefly, so she wants to find the ideal guy. Her sister also does say, oh, if you were better with men, maybe you wouldn't be a virgin at 22. So it's definitely... It's oh, not even okay. applied. We just know that she is. <laughs> All right, I didn't clock that. So yeah, she's a virgin <laughs> and she's also a picky virgin, which you should be, I think. But, yeah, you know, no reason why you should just sleep with anyone. Do whatever yeah. you want. And she's she's prowling around and she can't find anybody. And then her older sister, Danielle, calls her from the campfire party and says she's found her a date. And we can see that this date in question is some weird little goblin man dressed like an adult baby, which is not ideal. No. She says he's got a nice personality, which is code for not attractive. And I am even doubtful upon the personality part. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Someone who dresses like an adult baby, I'm not sure I trust in No, he's too convincing as an adult baby. Hmm. But uh, Laurie then gives up on looking for dudes at you know the parade and she supposes she may as well make her way over to the campfire party and just get with whoever is there and is available but on her way she is stopped in her tracks by the masked vampire from earlier 
His fangs are all bloody and it does not look good for Laurie because he is a threatening character and we already have seen that he has killed one woman earlier this night. We then cut to the party and a body wrapped all in a red cloak falls from the tree, which seems like poor Laurie. Uh Uh-oh, Laurie, she got got. She has met her demise. Danielle's very upset, approaches the body and unwraps it from the cape. But plot twist... It is the vampire man from earlier, still very alive and very, very afraid and confused, wrapped up in the little Red Riding Hood cape. <laughs> it's his pathetic little face. It's so funny oh, to me. So he looks so tragic. pathetic. I hate little him. Cunt. Laurie then saunters in her costume, suddenly much sexier, and she's all bloody, and nobody seems very shocked by this. And it is suddenly looking like very bad news for Mr. Vampire. Yeah, he is not going to have a yeah, good time. Yeah, it's looking, it's looking unfucking fortunate They remove his fake fangs and his mask and reveal it is in fact Principal Wilkins. So not only has he been serial killing innocent children, he's also been serial killing women uh, whilst dressed as a vampire because he's a yeah, fucking Yeah, he's weirdo. got different MOs. Maybe that's how he hasn't been caught yet. He's always got a different yeah, MO. changing it up. He doesn't seem to have a consistent sort of demographic of kills. Yeah, no, he's all over the shop. So when he mentioned he was going on a date earlier, I guess that just meant that he was going to meet up with and kill, kill a woman. Yeah. Do a cheeky murder. He then looks around, very panicked, and sees that all the other men at the party are dead, deceased, gone with the wind. Even Coach Taylor is amongst them, still dressed as a hot dog. Oh, and poor sweet dreams cover by marilyn manson comes on and things get sexy and yes i am aware that marilyn manson is an abuser but this song does slap in the context of this scene and all the girls start sexy dancing around the fire and stripping off and then the transformations begin these girls are werewolves at first the werewolf transformations are pretty sexy with the glowing eyes and the fangs and then it gets gross in a way that's still nasty. pretty pleasing for me but it is decidedly unsexy it's but, yeah it's not sexy yeah it's it's really cool special effects though because this movie does actually use all practical effects which is excellent for a modern movie mm-hmm. they start stripping off their flesh degloving themselves peeling their legs off like stockings with shoots still attached to the bottom so gross it is chow time time to eat all of these mans up but what do they do with all their skin i wonder i don't know i've been thinking about that it really makes do me they put upset. it back on do they no, that's the it? thing i do like just to leave think, it there? <laughs> i like to think that they regrow it like i like to think that they're all their werewolf fur like falls off their bones shrink back down their muscles shrink back down and then they just have normal skin again but Mm. what what if they have to put it back on like roll it back Ooh. on like a pair of tights that's so disgusting no. uh, do they just leave it there will some unsuspecting dog walker come through in the no. morning and be like whose dog legs is gonna are come these it up. <laughs> yeah Ew. like i don't know i don't know but i don't like it 
I will say. Right, well, now Laurie is straddling Principal Wilkins and she says to him, my, my, what big eyes you have, which is great because she's dressed as Little Rat Riding Hood and she's a werewolf. And then she munches him up. Fun. And adorable little Sam is watching on the sidelines. Snack. And we get a transition of his big round head into the blood moon and it is on to the next and final segment. Hell yeah. Right. I've got the last segment because I'm important. Um, <laughs> yes, you are. Lily has affectionately called this one Halloween Grinch, which is nice. I know many Halloween Grinches in my life and it makes me sad. Halloween is a good time of year. Halloween's the best holiday. No, because Christmas has a song written about it called The Most Wonderful Time of the Year and I'm afraid I have to believe Frank Sinatra. Okay, okay, it's Christmas and then it's Halloween. And then no other Halloween. No other holidays after that come close. Easter? Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here with that. I wanna (laughs) know. Okay, so we go back to Mr. Krieg, the old man who lives next door to Principal Wilkins. And we have almost circled back round in time frame, if that makes sense, because this movie changes time all the all of way through so we're almost back this movie to the changes beginning. time all of the time i don't know i can't speak <laughs> we're back almost at the beginning of the time frame of the whole movie so you know the first couple that got killed we're back at that exact moment yes okay so three kids knock on mr krieg's door mr krieg well lily also said that she had a note where she that she's very very proud of clearly that says who are these jokers <laughs> and i just wanted to let you know that she's very proud of it that was my it first also says afterwards in this segment who are these jokers and then they're dressed who as are these clowns, jokers but i didn't put the two and two together oh mate you're a bloody genius can't believe it um okay so like so many locks, like dead bolts, click on the other side of the door and it creaks open, revealing complete pitch black and some creepy noises, like wheezing and groaning, like old people noises. Then you see some big glowing eyes and a growl and the kids are like, oh, fuck off, what is that? Because a monster keeps chasing them out of the house. Turns out it's actually Spike the dog in his little Halloween costume, which is incredibly adorable. Uh, Mr. Krieg goes and picks up Spike and they go back inside. Mr. Krieg is downing some rum or gin or whiskey, whiskey. some kind of brown spirit. He is always just drinking it straight. He's got a nice fire going. His house is a bit sad. I know it's I know it stinks of cigarettes in his household. I can just tell. Smells like the gorpore. He looks like he's having quite a depressing, lonely life, and I feel a bit bad for him. So he goes to sit down and it turns out he picked up a bag for one of the kids who like ran away from his dog. So he has some chocolate now, which is nice. He takes a bite out of one of the kids' stolen chocolate bars and it tastes disgusting and he makes a little face and he puts it away, which I would assume implies that it's one of the poisoned cyanide chocolates that Mr. Wilkins has been giving out to everyone in the neighbourhood. I think so. Disgusting. He was going to get caught. Well, actually... He's already dead from the werewolves, so it's fine. He got his Yay, comeuppance. Yay, werewolves. 
Okay, so Mr. Krieg is sat quite happily, peacefully in his house getting drunk. He hears some giggling and then sees his windows getting egged, which is not a very nice Halloween tradition. It's not my favourite. He like runs outside to beat these kids and tell them to get off his lawn. And then he goes outside and finds that his whole like lawn, front yard, house, everything, tree, swing, porch covered in beautifully carved jack-o'-lanterns that were not there before he's about to take a swing it's at one of the weird. pumpkins and be like you it is weird suspicious how fast that that happened i would not even suspect teenagers at that point like no i no i'd immediately be like huh that ghosts. seems wrong yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah something mysterious is going on there for sure so he is about to take a swing at one of the jack-o'-lanterns and he's like, hmm, no, actually, I'm not going to because Spike starts barking at something outside and we realise that obviously the time loop has come back round because we're much earlier at the point where Principal Wilkins has thrown that boy's finger for Spike to eat to distract him. Indeed so we're back at has. that point in the timeline. Krieg has the conversation with Principal Wilkins that we saw earlier where he's like, oh, it smells like a dead whore out here. Ha ha, it's just my septic tank, blah, blah, blah. Krieg goes back inside. There's suddenly various like Halloween decorations everywhere which weren't there before because he's a Halloween Grinch, as we established. Mm -hmm. He goes upstairs to his room and he finds all this weird, spooky fucking writing on his ceiling in, like, blood. And it says, <laughs> um, I want something to eat. I need something to eat. I like the voice. <laughs> you do. So that's, that's a McElroy's reference. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like it. It's fun. I need something to eat. I need something to eat. Aww. I can do that voice if you'd like me to. Yeah, please do. I can't do it. You have to like swallow your own voice to do that. I can't do it. I need something to eat. <laughs> uh, he's he's real hungry. This little boy, he's real hungry. Starving. So Sam has basically gotten into his house and he's just real hungry. He just wants a snack. He is under Mr. Krieg's bed and like in a pet cemetery style occurrence he slashes mr krieg's achilles tendon which is disgusting first of all it's one of my Ugh. least that one of my favorite and Ugh. least favorite like violence points in any horror movie because it always really disturbs me the achilles tendon or like any kind of tendon like or artery or anything like that is ew it's like ew, house ew, of ew. wax 2005 Ooh, i love that movie though that's snap it's like not a good movie tendon. but i love it no, it's a good movie. I won't even. I won't even say it's not a good movie, but it's just a good okay, movie fine. to me. <laughs> it is good. Okay, um, and it turns out that Sam had actually used a razor blade that was sticking out of a chocolate bar um, to slash his tendon. So I guess Principal Wilkins has also been putting in fucking razor blades in the chocolate bars, which is fucked up. But I do no, like I think, that nice spin on an urban that. legend. Okay, or Sam just did it. But again, nice spin on an urban legend. Mr. Krieg begins to run away and arms himself with a shotgun. How he's running, good question. He has a cut Achilles tendon. I'm not certain. I would just give up at this point. Uh, he reaches the top of the stairs and Sam manages to get him again with his little razor blade and he falls down the stairs, which is now covered in glass razor blades and candy, which is not very nice of you, Sam. His hands are all fucked up. He's crawling through the glass like heavy rain style. <laughs> 
his hands are all jacked up. Do you remember that in Heavy Rain where Ethan would just keep crawling through glass? Like you could avoid it if you wanted to. Like he could have just not crawled through the glass. But we just kept like it's so fucking funny. So his hands are all fucked up and so is his ankle a bit. He makes it to the front door, but his fucking security system of about 20 deadbolts has fucked him over and now he can't get out of his own house. As Mr. Krieg is trying to unlock the door, we see Sam creeping his way across the ceiling just above Mr. Krieg like a little bat. And then he jumps on him and it's just fucking him up. Mr. Krieg in this battle manages to tear Sam's hessian sack mask off, revealing his horrible little turtly pumpkin head. Like he's just a real pumpkin boy. He's not even like a real boy. He's like just (laughs) made of pumpkin. Oh, pumpkins are gross too. I'm sorry to I, it's Halloween fanatics. Smell. Pumpkins are the nastiest vegetable that there is. I like pumpkins. I like pumpkin mm. soup. I like pumpkin pie. But gutting <sighs> a pumpkin to carve it is horrible. I hate the smell so much. Every time I have to make a pumpkin recipe, I like heave. I hate the stink of it. it. The smell is so gross for me. So Sam being a pumpkin head makes me much more afraid of him. Okay, so Sam, stinky little pumpkin bitch, drops his chocolate weapon, his chocolate razor blade weapon, but it doesn't matter because he's still need something to eat he's still need something to eat and he decides to chow down on mr krieg's leg with his horrible little turtle mouth krieg gets the opportunity to like open fire on sam with his shotgun mm-hmm. he blows him into a wall pumpkin guts explode everywhere real disgusting in one of the smarter horror movie moves despite sam looking like he's out for the count Mr. Krieg decides to shoot him twice more, which is good. It's Impressive. So good. good thinking. So good. However, Sam is not a real boy. He is just made of pumpkin, and thus <laughs> I don't really think you can kill him. Sam's unattached hand from the shotgun comes back to life, Adam's family style, crawls back to the body and reattaches. Again, disgusting. You can hear it, like, reattach. Sam manages to grab his Hessian mask and his lollipop, which he takes a bite out of. Does he even have teeth? Teeth? Mm, yeah, he seems to have little, little gummy kind of teeth. Does he have teeth? Like little oh, toddler ew. teeth, like baby teeth. Ew. Uh, Which is worse. Okay, fine. I, would it be worse um, if he had big chomper adult teeth like me? I don't know. I, it's a whole... Th- like, would it be worse if he was just mask. gums? I don't He'd look like the mask if he had big adult teeth. <laughs> he takes a bite out of his lollipop and turns it into a weapon because I guess he has teeth sharp enough to just bite into a lollipop like he doesn't lick it he just bites it and he tries to attack Krieg once more he gets him in a corner and he raises up his lollipop blade and stabs him and Mr. Krieg goes like oh no oh fuck like he thinks he's got got (laughs) and then he stops screaming because he realizes he's not actually in pain because Sam has actually just stabbed a chocolate bar that luckily Krieg had kept in his front pocket, I suppose, and so his blade doesn't even hit him. Sam decides that this chocolate bar is good enough for him to eat, and he gets to his feet and leaves. He's like, yeah, he's mm, done. Found something to eat. He's he's happy. Yeah, he's over it. He's ha- he's fine. And he just lets Krieg off the hook. He's just like, bye. And Krieg's like, what the fuck just happened? Now we understand that the timeline has come full circle and we see Emma and Henry, the very first victims of Sam's antics, across the street coming home from their party, blowing out the jack-o'-lantern and saying Poor stupid Emma. shit about being lit. I know, honestly. She didn't really do that much bad. 
<laughs> no, she really didn't do anything bad. Sam looks at his lollipop blade and is like, hmm, I could do some killing. I got time for some killing. Halloween's not over yet. I got time. <laughs> I got the time. I got the time. He did have the time today. <laughs> Mr. Krieg is like, oh, wow, I've been giving a second ch- given a second chance, like Scrooge style, like in a Scrooge-esque sort of twist of fate. He's like, I've been given a second lease on life. Thank God the ghost of Halloween came to visit <laughs> me and he gave me a chance. Oh, Mr. Creek. So Mr. Creek has decided to not be a Halloween Grinch anymore. He opens his door willingly to some trick-or-treaters, gives them candy. They compliment on his lovely mummy costume because he's all wrapped in bandages now from Sam's scuffle. And he's no longer a Halloween Grinch. Whilst this lovely exchange is happening, we at some point get a shot of the fireplace in which he has thrown some old photographs. We saw them earlier, but we could not see what was in the photographs. But we now get like a slow zoom pan into the photos. And it turns out that Mr. Krieg was the bus driver that killed all those children. He was the bus driver that survived oh, the bus crash into the quarry. Uh-oh. No wonder he's he hates Halloween because it's yeah. happened on Halloween. No wonder, no he wonder he's a Grinch. seven locks on his door. No wonder he has horrible trauma and lives a very sad, depressed life. Honestly, it's no surprise at all. No. But, you know, he's burning the photo. You can tell he's trying to move on, which is lovely. I'm so happy for him. Unfortunately, he gets another knock at the door. He's like, I'm going to let these kids have some candy. Turns out it's all the deceased bog children coming for vengeance. And Uh one of them says, does one of them say something? Does one of them say trick or treat? I think so. I think he goes, I think he's like, trick or treat. (laughs) He's like, oh. He's all like gargly. Trick or treat, Mr. Creek. <laughs> I love your impression. <laughs> oh my god. Trick or treat, Mr. Creek. <laughs> Anyways, he dies, we assume. Unless they just become friends. That would be nice. Maybe he apologizes to them for. Anyway, you know, that's the end of the movie. Murder. The end! The end! The end! We did Trick it! Trick or treat, Mr. Creek. There we go! Let's head into the next section. So, what did you think of Trick or Treat? I mean, I've seen this movie before and I did love it when I watched it, although I was absolutely horrified by it as a child. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think, you know, it's incredibly fun and it really does get me in the Halloween spirit yeah i don't know i mean there's just a lot to like about it like the attention to detail in the anthology aspect love it yeah me too i love it i really think that it is the perfect halloween movie and in a lot of ways it's a superior anthology because i am famously an anthology hater in fact the only other anthology i've ever given five stars to on letterboxd was creep show uh, I always wait. Why are you an anthology hater? What other movies don't you like that are anthologies? I just think so many anthologies are let down by lack of theme or the different directors, weak segments versus oh. strong segments. I oh, I see what you mean. So anthologies that have like several different directors 
doing each segment. Yeah, well, that's why I okay. think Trick or Treat and Creep Show are so particularly strong because they all have one director. So it ends up feeling mm-hmm. a lot more uniform in style. But also, I just think sometimes, you know, you get anthologies and even if they possibly are all by the same director or whatever, it's just one story after another and they don't really tie into each other at all. There's not necessarily a, yeah. an overall aesthetic view or a theme or really much of anything. They're just sort of a collection, which is fine, but it just doesn't work to me as a whole movie. And I just mm. generally tend to rate anthologies very poorly it is really hard for me to enjoy an anthology it doesn't happen very often and this one is so particularly seamless everything flows it feels like one big movie it's also segmented it's clearly an anthology but it all works into something bigger and it is seamlessly done every end ties up there's not plot holes it all just feeds into each other in this really like gorgeous way that comes together and it's it's still shocking there still manages to be twists and turns i don't know i just think that this is a masterclass in storytelling frankly yeah i agree with you it's so good it's very immersive i've already started to touch on what is good about this but in your opinion what what is good about trick-or-treat um i want to say like like fun, like fun, spooky Halloween content, but without being overly cliche. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even though it's doing, you know, it, it plays into quite a lot of cliches like, oh, you know, zombies, uh, vampires, werewolves, all of these kind of like um, public property sort of characters and all this stuff. Yes. It still managed to av- manages to avoid doing them in an overly cliche way which i think is incredibly impressive i can't think of really any cliche in that whole movie yeah yeah it stays on theme but it it keeps you on your toes and i yeah. think that that is really impressive yeah it's unapologetically halloween themed everything yeah. is halloween you know the the boy in it has a pumpkin head sam is a yeah and it's like fun pumpkin killer and there's werewolves and vampires and sexy costumes poison candy jack-o'-lanterns you know i like that it plays into sort of like urban legends kind of thing like the poison candy uh, razor blades and candy i always kind of like that sort of thing where they play into urban legends yeah well even the kids on the bus are an urban legend oh that's very true also just genuine fucking nasty content it is disgusting good yes it, and it like works, the kid it works vomiting for Halloween. is so revolting. I, yeah, because, you know, they set this tone of sort of fun, like jovial kind of spooky times. And so none of the really, really gross stuff is scarring or traumatizing or really deeply upsetting mm-hmm. because the universe that they've actually created the story in is already sort of so fun yes. and spooky that even when something is horribly gory or horribly like nasty you're never like oh this is like one of the most troubling scenes i've ever seen yeah it's like a do you get what i mean tim burton dr seuss type of halloween world yeah 
like so say if we were watching a very serious horror movie like oh god i'm trying to think of a super super serious horror movie now hereditary. maybe something a bit like hereditary god that's yeah what we both um, jumped in. and <laughs> i know and like a kid got poisoned by candy and was like vomiting everywhere like that would be very very troubling to see and i don't know that it but i'd be able to watch it again mm-hmm. like that's the problem yeah. i had with hereditary i loved it but i couldn't watch it again because the the content in it was so yes like deeply profoundly upsetting because they set a precedent of seriousness yes. this movie doesn't do yeah, that it's, it's a, and i like that i like that it's silly it's colorful and camp and pulpy and it's pays you know homage to creep show and comic books and so it mm-hmm. creates a universe of fun and it the nastiness works for halloween because it is already uh, a holiday where everyone is already dress very gory and tries to be as scary as possible like i understand when christmas themed horror movies maybe have more of a morality lesson and end real happy and stuff yeah because you know christmas is always about family and union and joy and trust and all of this stuff and so there's much more serious points to make in that sort of situation but halloween's all about fun halloween is for the ghouls and the gals and the gays yeah (laughs) Exactly. I also just like the idea that they really play into that you can kill in plain sight on Halloween and no one will notice. I mean, that goes for a lot of Halloween mm, movies. I think but that's interesting I and always, that does spook me. I love to see it. Yeah. Uh, also, a good thing about this movie that I always think is like, it just shows the impact of this movie on me personally is I saw this movie first when I was 12, right? I'm 20 now, so that's eight years. I, to this day, every single Halloween, I do not let anyone blow out the pumpkin before midnight. I do, I literally, I stand guard around it. Well, we definitely should at the Gorporium. Oh my god, yeah. But like, I, like seriously, I'm still like somehow paranoid or superstitious to this day. And I never had that before watching this movie, but obviously something about it stuck with me that I was like, I don't want Sam to rock up at my door. Well, <laughs> so yeah. that's that's just a sign that it's impactful that I still do that every year just because of this movie. We definitely have to follow the uh, the rules of the spirit world at the Gorporium anyway. But oh, yeah. yeah, this one. Anyways, but absolutely. I'm always I'm always super careful on Halloween night. Yeah, absolutely adds to adds fuel to the fire on that one. Mm-hmm. And always. I just love that they managed to effectively execute a non-linear complex storytelling that hops around in time mm-hmm. without it ever becoming convoluted confusing full of plot holes or like being able to lose the plot yeah it's it's so, it's so tight it's so sleek it is very yeah. finely tuned expertly yeah. crafted um it's also you know it's it's fairly funny you know i don't think that's its strong point uh, yeah, but, yeah. Go, i'll say that does go into my negative points yeah. yeah uh do you want to head into the negative stuff yeah yeah i'm i'm ready let's let's do it so what was bad i will say as much like as i don't think it necessarily matters for this kind of a movie but i will say that the characters i did feel were fairly lacking in personality perhaps mm-hmm. That's one of my notes, too. And I don't know whether that's... Yeah. I don't know whether it's because the dialogue was potentially slightly lacking 
or yeah that's my big if point. maybe we didn't get to spend enough time with each character because it was anthology and you're not just following one character around you're following you know five different groups of people or whatever and you don't get much time with each one but i do think that that means that the characters are slightly lacking in individuality and thus they're not hugely sympathetic which i don't actually it didn't bother me that much for a movie like this because you're following several different groups around yeah i think that but they just about it could have still benefited a little bit yeah they just about get away with it with this movie having pretty forgettable lackluster characters because it doesn't really matter because it is about the storytelling and again the storytelling is so good that you kind of don't care Mm. but the dialogue's pretty basic it's just to get from point a to point b it is solely to move the story along and the characters are pretty two-dimensional they are exactly what they are on the tin you know what it says on the tin or whatever yeah they're forgettable like as I say, I hadn't watched this movie for a long time. The only character I remembered was Sam. And not because he has good dialogue, because he doesn't fucking speak, but because he was such an interesting character design. Yes. And he was kind of the catalyst for everything happening. And so obviously I remembered him. Yeah. But the rest of the characters, I did not I remember didn't, I at didn't all. Remember like I wouldn't even, I don't even know if I can name any of them. I would them actually say probably... Other than Principal Wilkins. Yeah, I would say probably Principal Wilkins gets the best plotline he i think he gets the most development and he probably features yeah i'd agree most heavily in the story because he just sort of yeah because he's kind of in all of them his effect branches out he has like a further reach than the others yeah yeah uh, so yeah that's really my main downside is just the characters and dialogue weren't really yeah that's pretty anything much anything to write downside. home about also wait no i have one okay. more i have one more as well Marilyn Manson. <laughs> I hate Marilyn downside. Manson. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. I want to hear him. I take him out of here. I hate I'll, him. I'll allow it because I do love that cover. I do like that cover, but like I hate him mm. because he's not a very nice man. Yeah, and so that made that's it. That's the other only downside <laughs> I have. You go. Um, I just was the the whole plot line with the kids who their parents who are disabled and their parents want the bus driver to kill their children for them like all these parents have decided that they're ashamed and embarrassed of having disabled children so they want them murdered it's like a little i don't know if it's ableist or just dodgy because obviously the parents and the bus driver are the bad people but like it doesn't set a very good but we don't ever see any vengeance exacted on the parents no and it doesn't set a very good precedent that it's like oh disabled children are a burden and they'll drive their parents down so much that it's understandable that a whole class of parents will want their children to get murdered that's just yeah it just seemed weird it just seemed a little that bit soured me a little yeah, bit no but i get what you mean. I, I don't think they meant mm-hmm. it like that but i was kind of like yeah yeah i'm not sure about yeah this. no i agree with you no, no, I'm not sure about that one. Yeah. No, okay. no, I agree with you. So, <laughs> let's go into our favourite kills and quotes. Right, yeah, kills and quotes. My favourite kill is probably Werewolf Girl killing Principal Wilkins, because Principal Wilkins is such an asshole. And I know you just shat on Marilyn Manson, but I love the song that is playing. I think that it's so <laughs> fun. 
it's just very uh, like mid early 2000s to have this kind of emo cover of a song that's all like slow yeah, and sexy I do, I do. with lots of blood yeah my other favorite kill is actually the very first kill where she gets slashed up in that sheet and gets trussed up uh, as a as a oh, DIY yeah, that's ghost. Good. I do like in that kill. I just think that that one's particularly brutal. Yeah. It's probably the nastiest it is. kill. It's harsh. Like it's just really, especially because she didn't really do anything wrong. No, it's <laughs> like, like Sam's just angry because she doesn't like Halloween. Yeah, it's the most slasher type kill. I think. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I'd say that my favourite kill, just because it's so disgusting and it still haunts me to this day, is, like, since first watching it as a kid, is the boy getting poisoned by candy. Yeah, that one is just... It's so... Heinous. Revolting. It's Yeah, it's heinous. I've got to say... Cruel and painful to look at. After all these years, it's the only one that, like, stuck in my memory yeah me too i still remembered that one really vividly yeah i remembered the whole like layout of like principal wilkins house and his like backyard and stuff and as i say i watched it a long time ago that stuck with me like nobody's fucking business and honestly the scene afterwards where he's put his body in the grave and he's sort of like stabbing it with that big shovel the big metal shovel Mm. makes me so wildly uncomfortable like it's so gross it's so gross and then it ends with like you know he's still alive in there yeah yeah or at least someone's still alive in there but he just keeps hitting them and trying to decapitate them but obviously it's going really slowly because it's like through it with a blunt shovel it's the most horrible like toe curling like pain ew 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 but like good yeah okay favorite quotes do you have a favorite quote i mean again we said the dialogue was a little lacking but yeah the dialogue isn't crazy funny uh, I took these off of um, Rotten Tomatoes, so I will go through all three of mine very briefly because I don't really know which one's my favourite. So you've got, at the very beginning of the movie, we're talking about how I don't think white people were saying lit in 2007, yeah. so I'm confused by this. <laughs> it's, Henry, it's Halloween, not Hanukkah. Baby, I'm lit and you're lit, which I don't know what the fuck that what means. What is she talking is just about? After- <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what she's talking about. This is just before she blows out the candle the very yes, first day. I remember. And he's like, don't blow out the candle. It's tradition. And she's like, it's Halloween, not Hanukkah, baby. I'm lit and you're lit. And then, like, <laughs> I don't know. She dies. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then we have uh, between red riding hood and her sister i'm pretty sure um red riding hood says i don't know why we drove out here when there are perfectly good guys in this city and her sister says fresh meat and this is before we find out that they're werewolves but i just thought that was quite a clever little like foreshadow into what is gonna happen like because you wouldn't pick up on that the first time oh yeah no definitely not um, so I thought that was quite clever. And then the last one I only picked because I thought it was really funny the way that they'd written it out. Because it says, Mr. Krieg, and then like stage direction, sees the goblin regenerate himself. <laughs> you gotta be fucking kidding me. Sees the goblin regenerate himself? 
what? It's like, that's not like, I'm not laughing at because of the quote just sees the goblin regenerate himself. Are they referring to Sam, I guess? The goblin? Gizmo after but it's he goblin with a came back from G? the vet. Sees the goblin so regenerate my, yeah. himself. Regenerate. So my favorite quote of this movie is sees the goblin regenerate himself. Very right, good. Okay, I've got three quotes. Yeah. Um that aren't the same as yours, which is surprising. Oh, you go. That's lucky. So, at one point Principal Wilkins is talking to his little son Billy and he tells him to go watch Charlie Brown and Billy goes, "Charlie Brown's an asshole." <laughs> <laughs> that's harsh yeah i know poor charlie brown and then I know. after those the preteen kids who get murked by uh the the bus children well after they go see like that weird sort of sexy party the one kid goes coach taylor mm-hmm. was in a hot dog costume but fucking a pig <laughs> which i thought was good wow i love the first episode of black mirror oh my god <laughs> and um i also have one that's between the girls when they're in the changing room which is also just like a good foreshadowing so the first girl danielle goes last year was san diego we dressed up as sailors and ended up with sailors and janet says yeah and maria's sailor was a girl and maria goes so what she had a nice ass it all tastes the same to me anyway <laughs> and that's like at the right beginning of the movie so yeah, I feel like so it's I, again, I should I didn't have seen them that. being werewolves coming, but yeah, you, it's hard to hear. It's sort of quiet side dialogue. It's, that's clever though. I do really like the foreshadowing with the yeah, I love that werewolf thing because like the first time I watched it, I had no idea that was coming. And in fact, the second time watching it, even though I'd seen it before, I was not. I kind of forgot about that twist plot For some line. Reason, I remembered them being like vampires instead, so I like that they were I remember them being vampires instead as well. I think the monster in the basement is getting a little impatient with us, so I think we should move on to trivia and where this movie is going in the Gorporium. All right. Alright, so it's trivia time. So my first little bit of trivia is that Sam is named for Samhain, or as Americans tend to say, Samhain, which is a Gaelic festival meaning summer's end. Samhain is often incorrectly portrayed as a deity or a demon or a spirit, and although the festivities did revolve around spirits quite heavily, Samhain is not one of them and is merely the name of the festival. Yeah, so it was what, a like a pagan festival, Gaelic, and then it was co-opted yeah, it's, as it's, Halloween later, I suppose. It's Gaelic and Celtic and uh, it didn't get quite co-opted as Halloween, but yeah, Sam is named for it anyway. Yeah, okay, very nice. Um, I have a piece of trivia that is the kids who we see trick-or-treating at Mr. Krieg's house near the end, the kids in the clown masks, can be recognised mm-hmm. as bodies in the backyard of Mr. Wilkins' house earlier in the movie. Oh, shit. Yeah, so I was keeping that one under wraps, but I think that's really cool. Oh, so you were right that there is multiple yeah. people yeah. buried in the backyard. Yeah, he's been killing oh. kids all fucking night. Dang. Yeah. Oh my god, Principal Wilkins, what is your fucking I know. problem? But I thought that was really cool because obviously you don't even know that they're gonna die 
by the point that you see their yeah. bodies and then it loops all the way back around i don't know i just Shit. think the whole the time shift in this movie is so cool and they pay no, such close attention clever. to detail that even just little bits like these kids that you see randomly at some point end up dead like i just think that's really yeah. cool i have so the look of mr krieg is actually based on director john carpenter who directed halloween and the thing the actor brian cox even wore a wig and prosthetics because they wanted him to look well because he specifically wanted to look so much like john carpenter and the line you gotta be fucking kidding me is a nod to carpenter's the thing yeah you are correct also good fucking prosthetics I did not notice yeah. they were prosthetics. Usually I'm pretty good at seeking them out, but those are good prosthetics. Also, another nod to uh, John Carpenter is that Anna Paquin's character, Laurie, is named after Laurie Strode from 1978 oh, Halloween. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I like that one. Oh, Laurie. She's a really good final girl. She's one of my favorites. She's one of the best. Um, I have another one. This is a goof more so than anything. Uh, near the mm-hmm. end when Mr. Krieg is fighting with Sam and some glass gets smashed at some point. He is crawling around on the ground and he gets glass splinters all in his hands and it's real nasty and his hands are all cut up. And then like a shot later, he's up at his door trying to unlock all of his like seven dead bolts on his door and his hands are completely fine. There's nothing on them. <laughs> magical healing he's able to like grab a shotgun and try and shoot sam and he's got like nothing on his hands i didn't even clock that at all (laughs) uh the kid who is dressed as a bear in the beginning of the movie who's perving on the girls in the changing room he is the actor who plays sam throughout the whole movie so he's the one in the costume he's so cute I have another one as well, which is more of a, conti- not continued era, but like a plot hole potentially, um, which is, so Mr. Krieg has a photo of himself with the kids on the special ed bus in their Halloween costumes yep. that they were wearing when they passed away. And so he barely escaped the quarry alive. And then he obviously disappeared off the face of the earth. So people, I guess, were wondering, and I'm wondering, why on earth he would have developed the film of him with these kids, or why someone would have given him the photo at a later time. Yeah, well, why is he burning it now? Yeah, like, he's had it for 30 years. Why would he burn it today, specifically? I I am not certain. I get it's important for exposition. Yeah. Yeah. But... It don't it don't make a whole bunch of sense. Because like I could forgive that if they were like, oh, Sam only turns up every thirty years and it's this exact, yeah. you know, date and it's a blood moon and all this stuff. And they're like that's the reason he's only doing it today, um, because he knows all the folklore about Sam and everything, but we didn't get that exposition, so I don't uh, know. Yeah, I I don't know. Um I have two quick little cameo pieces of trivia. Tri- oh, trivia. fun. Tr- cameo trivia. Cameo trivia. <laughs> C. Ernst Hearth has a cameo as Laurie's blind date, the giant baby. And in uh, 13 uh-oh. Ghosts, he also plays the ghost called the Great Child, who is oh also a God. giant baby. Oh, Lily, can we cover 13 Ghosts on this podcast at some point? I love that yes. movie so much. Yes. <laughs> yes it's and so stupid is, i love it i 
I love it. It's so good. That glass house, I want to live in it. <laughs> it's so cool. And this is a really, really weird cameo, but there is a voice cameo from James Marsden uh, on the huh? TV talking about the history of Halloween candy. Why would they why would they specifically get James Marsden for that role? <laughs> He's like, not a horror they actor. They obviously <laughs> must have paid him quite a considerable amount for that voice acting part. But why? Yeah, well, when this movie came out, he would have been the biggest star in it. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, because like what? Like Enchanted came out maybe like 2009 or something. Oh, and, and he was 27 huge in that dresses. Movie and 27 dresses and like all this, like loads of stuff. He did a lot of voice acting stuff for Disney things at the time as well. Why? Why? Oh, why? I don't get it. I, I, why did they? I don't know, but I love that because I love James Marsden. I'm just I also happy love James Marsden. <laughs> I'm just happy he's here. I'm just happy he has enjoyed himself. Um, I have one last piece of cool trivia, mm-hmm. just because, as you know, we love practical effects on this in this shop. The werewolf transformations are all done practically with some sort of CG enhancements because uh, the director, Doherty, knows that full CG transformations do not look very good. And he's fucking right. He is right. He is correct. And obviously, through paying homage to John Carpenter, who obviously was an expert with using practical effects in his movies, you can understand why he probably didn't want to use much CGI for this movie. Yeah. Absolutely. He's clearly influenced by the classics. It is made extremely yeah. obvious in this and it's one Especially of Especially the thing that has transformations points. that are incredibly done with practical effects. Yes. It's possibly one of well, it's my personal favourite anyway. Yeah, I agree. Good good trivia. Interesting. That's why I like covering some of the 21st century movies. They've got some good bits of trivia. I have one more, actually, little piece, which is they couldn't use any recognizable candy wrappers because all the candy in this movie is either poisoned or filled with razor blades. And they thus had to create their own brands instead, which Doherty said was kind of fun because because we came up with stuff like Big Fudge Log. (laughs) That's the quote. Ew. Big fudge log. <laughs> Big fudge log. No, it yeah. makes me think of poop. I think no. that is the uh, the joke I think there. That's the, <laughs> I think that's the joke, but I don't like it. Although it does make me want a Tootsie Roll. Those things slap. Mm. You can't get them in the UK. <laughs> no, I haven't had a Tootsie Roll in. Tootsie Roll so or cow tails. Oh, mm, cow tails are the best. If if we ever get any diehard fans of the of the shop, um, yeah, please come in us. and deliver me some cowtails. Yes, send us cowtails. Cowtails, please. Yummy, yummy. Okay, let's move on to our our scores. Okay, so how good is it out of ten? Like from a critical point of view, how actually good is it? Critically, I'm giving it a very, very solid, and I'm very happy with this, 8. An 8 out of 10. I think it's a good fucking movie. Yep, I agree. I agree. Yeah, cool. I I also give it an 8. There you go. Sorted. Easy. So how much did you actually enjoy it? So not necessarily from a critical standpoint, but like just how much do you think it's a fun time? I, I don't know if we do half ratings, really but I gave an 8.5. 
okay, that's reasonable. We can do half ratings. I don't think it matters that much because I also gave it an eight for enjoyment. Okay. I yep. think it's very much equal with how good it is and how much I enjoy it. Like they're completely yeah, like they're connected I feel, to each I feel other. The same. Totally. Um. So, what's been scaring you this week? So, for new visitors to the Gorporium, every week we decide what has been scaring us the most this week, and then we compare the scariness of the movie we've just watched to the scariness of the thing that's been haunting us in the week so lily what's your scary thing this week this week it is paralysis ticks so paralysis ticks are a type of tick that can get on your pet and basically does what it says in the name i mean they suck their blood and they make them very sick and can kill them and they're gray and they get huge and they're disgusting and it is what i thought was on gizmo the gremlin and why he had to go to the vet fortunately that was not the case it was just an infected burr in his foot but I yeah. thought it was a paralysis tick and I thought he was done for because oh of it. Oh my God, that'd be they horrible. Are That's disgusting. horrible. And people can get them too. They're nasty, nasty things. Luckily, the Gorporium, we don't get a lot of pests, but uh, no. apparently I am still afraid of paralysis ticks because they are horrendous. So yeah, and what are you it's scared okay, of? It's okay, Lily. My Venus flytrap Chiquita banana will take care of any and all bugs Chiquita that come in here. banana! It's fine. She I does her job. Her. What has been scaring me this week? I never am able to decide beforehand. A crippling fear of loneliness. My fear this week is a crippling fear of loneliness because I've been having to do my work on my own. Usually I have my housemates to hang out with me. Not this week. I've been on my own a lot and it's making me very sad and also scared. So that's good. You have been spending a lot of time in the conservatory in the room conservatory. of the Gorporium. I really have. Yeah, it can get a little bit spooky in there. There's no light that comes in, like no natural light. It's all those like, you know, you guys know, like the UV lights. Is that kind of thing. No, I'm not growing weed in there. Don't ask about it. <laughs> you should just bring your roommates along with you. I'm sure they'd like to, or are they being stubborn again? Uh, they're being all right. I could probably box them up, take them with me. It'd be fine. But yeah. comparatively to Paralysis Ticks, Lily, how scary is this movie? So out of five Paralysis Ticks, what do you give this movie? I actually gave it a three. So, which is uh, pretty high me too. for me. I gave it three loadlinesses. Because <laughs> I think it's mostly that th- vomiting scene just really... Whew, it's the vomiting me. scene for me and also the concept that still every year I'm still scared of blowing out Jack yeah, Lantern. That's, like, it scared me enough that I still impact. do that. Yeah, I think that means that it's scary enough. Like, it's not like, oh my god, I'm never going to be able to sleep again. But obviously it impacts us both enough that, like we think about it often yep so what is your score out of 25 is it 19 yes 19 all right so 19 at 19.5 is 38.5 so it gets a 38.5 out of 50 that's pretty fucking good that is pretty good and it very very nearly goes to the landlord but not uh, quite. not this time not this time so dearest guest i'm sure you remember how this works but just in case let me jog your memory the gorporium is a very unusual shop and in turn houses a very unusual and highly delicate ecosystem 
At the very bottom of that ecosystem is our darling basement dweller. He is our pet, but he is an idiot and he has to stay in the basement. The customer and ourselves rank, you know, somewhere in the middle. And at the top of that chain is the man who technically owns the place. We refer to him as the landlord. He's never actually spoken a word to us. I'm not even sure he can speak. He lives in the storeroom and loves horror movies more than, well, anything else. But he won't watch just any old horror movie. It has to be perfect or else there will be consequences. So the worst movies, the ones we absolutely despise, go down in the dumbwaiter. The mediocre go on the shelves and the good get displayed in the shop window. And the best of the best are slipped through the gap under the door where our landlord lives. So, it gets a score from 0 to 20, it goes to the monster downstairs. 21 to 30, we put it back on a dusty shelf. 31 to 40, it goes in the front window, front of house, pride of place. And 41 to 50, we give it to the landlord who lives in the storeroom. This one got a 38.5, so... Indeed it did. Into the front window it goes. That's pretty good. Let's find a nice space for it. Let's clear a little space. I think it looks nice, right in the center. <sighs> Sam stares out into the dark. Yeah, keeping us safe. Beckoning people to come in and actually shop here. That would be nice, wouldn't it? You know what? I haven't seen the janitor in a while. I think the coast might be clear. God, you got up in a hurry. <laughs> you leave it so soon. You'll be back. You all come back eventually. And we'll always be here waiting for you, creeping around the Gorporium. See you soon.